Heartbreak City in Provo as BYU comes up woefully short in a game that they probably should have won over Gonzaga. We'll break that down. We'll also talk about BYU and the U. Speaking of Miami, canceling a future series in football. And, of course, our look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era stops at a matchup with Idaho. All of that and more ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys making it part of your day, no matter when you happen to consume it. Today's episode is brought to you by our title sponsors over at Bet Online. Bet Online has covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for joining us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars and any of you who are at the Marriott Center, I'm recording this right after I got home from the Marriott Center, or watched that game last night, BYU comes up agonizingly close, 75-74 the final, as Gonzaga squeaks out in a thriller of a matchup, and I'm not going to lie, I don't know what the future holds for BYU and Gonzaga in basketball, but you can sign me up for a home-and-home series every single year between these two, with BYU being a member of the Big 12. Heck, I would love for Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, or to bring Gonzaga into the Big 12 simply for the fact that when BYU and Gonzaga get together, my friends, it is a phenomenal basketball game. On its head, that game may have been one of the most entertaining basketball games I have watched college-wise in quite some time. I was highly entertained. The Marriott Center, when it is packed to the gills, 18,897 of you, if I got the number correct, were packed in there. And when it's at full roar, full tilt, full throat, whatever you want to term it with the Marriott Center... I would venture to say it is one of the top 10 environments in all of college basketball. And if that is what the Big 12 future is going to hold, that is going to be a phenomenal atmosphere for BYU to be a part of. Student section was full when I walked out to my media seat. 30 plus minutes before the game was packed to the rafters in the student section. The regular crowd filed in shortly thereafter and... It was on from the get-go. Crowd was wild, having a great time, loud, rowdy, having just the time of their life. And BYU, they put on a show, my friends. They shot 52.5% from three in this game. They did everything in my mind. I talked about this on the Thursday edition of the show. They did everything in my mind that they needed to do to win that game outside of one thing. And it's actually the thing that I thought BYU would do that would give them the biggest chance of winning this game. Rebound the bleeping basketball. They allowed 17 offensive rebounds rebounds to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. BYU has been such a good rebounding team this year. For them to get out-rebounded, I just pulled it up, it's 47-32. to They got out-rebounded by 15 rebounds in this game. That would have been the one thing that I, going into this matchup, I would have said BYU has a decided advantage, in my mind, of winning the rebounding battle. But they lost that one. Shot the three well. Shot from the field well overall. Actually outshot Gonzaga, a, a very good offensive team. And they just come up woefully short. Brutal 
brutal way to lose this game. Julian Strother comes down. I believe it was Gideon George. Uh, went under on a screen that allowed Strother to find a great look from near the top of the key on that three. Nails it. 75-74 with 9.5 seconds to go. Mark Pope immediately calls timeout. Sets something up. And... The only way I can describe it, my friends, is BYU looked completely unorganized or just lost their collective heads on that final possession. Uh, A number of you, I I saw a few of them on social media, sent me a, I, I, I actually videoed the final play of that and a number of you actually screenshotted a part of it where there is a pick from Fuseni Traore and had Spencer Johnson not been stumbling at the time or had his head up maybe a little bit there was a pass that could have been made in theory to Fus Traore that probably would have ended up in a dunk but if you watch that play develop as we all saw, Spencer Johnson stumbling uh, got got tangled up a little bit, and BYU never gets a clean look off in that final scenario, and that that's heartbreaking. It was heartbreak city. I said it in the open. It was heartbreak city for BYU basketball. They were this close. If you watch this on on uh, YouTube, you saw my fingers. They were just they were so close to pulling that one off. They had a ten point lead with uh, at the was it the three minute mark, or just a three forty something mark, and they saw that frittered away. No, excuse me, it was ten. It was ten points, about five minutes to go at the under four media timeout, three forty three to go, if I recall correctly. Uh, Gonzaga had whittled that to five, and then BYU and Gonzaga traded some baskets left and right, and then Gonzaga got within one with two minutes to go, and it was like, all right, it's on now. What happens? BYU comes out, Gideon George nails a massive three, puts. Puts BYU up by four. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, they got this. If they can take care of the basketball, they got a chance at this. What do they do? Lazy inbound pass. Turn it over. Uh, Just This is a team that is so close, it feels like. This basketball team is so close to having it all put together and becoming the team that many BYU fans, yours truly included, I guess I'm not necessarily a media fan, but I'm a media member who covers BYU intently. But regardless... They are so close to being the squad I think all Cougar fans out there want them to be. And this is a team, speaking of BYU, that I would not count out going up to Gonzaga for that rematch in a month's time. BYU could go in to the kennel up there and win this game. This is an imminently beatable Gonzaga team compared to other Gonzaga teams of recent memory. They're not the juggernaut they have been. Are there, are there times they look like the quote-unquote juggernaut that I'm sure Mark Few would like them to be? Yes, because the way they clawed their way back in this one, the way they clawed back in that USF game where they were down double digits in the second half yet again and won that one in uh, close fashion. This this Gonzaga team, in a way, uh, just feels like they're, they're playing with their food a little bit too much, and they're playing with fire, and it's going to burn them at some point. Could BYU be that team that goes up to the kennel in their final matchup as WCC members? Could they go up to Gonzaga and win that game? Would they play the way they played tonight? Absolutely they can. But the biggest issue for BYU is you've got to be able to rebound the ball. That's that. That's, Mark Pope went right to it in the postgame comments. I was sitting in the media room. My ears are still ringing. I'm actually recording this. And I can hear like the tinnitus in my ears uh, from how deafening it was inside the Marriott Center. Phenomenal. Phenomenal environment. Mark Few talked about this. He said, this is the reason why we're able to make runs to the Final Four is a crowd like this. This is an environment that gets us ready for the postseason. He absolutely loves playing BYU. And it was a mutual respect between these two staffs, these two programs. And I think the two fan bases have a pretty healthy respect for one another as well. This was a game that BYU, I, I honestly, I think Mark Pope said it best in the postgame. He said, we, we, we came up short. And they did. They had this game. They they just needed to do just 
one or two possessions differently down the stretch there, and BYU probably has a court storming going on out there at the Marriott Center, and I'm sitting here just singing praises of how good BYU played. Yeah, the loss sucks. It sucks. That's a gut-punch loss because you played... In my opinion, BYU played their best basketball game of the season tonight. They were unafraid of the number 8 ranked team in the country coming into their house and said, you know what, screw that. We're going to go out there and we're going we're gonna to play our best basketball. I, 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 unequivocally, this was the best game I've seen BYU play this season, at least shooting the basketball-wise. I, I said the rebounding was already an issue. Mark Pope went right to it in the postgame. But the way BYU came out and went toe-to-toe with a top-10 ranked team, a team that's probably going to be a one or a two seed uh, going into the NCAA tournament, they're going to win the West Coast Conference tournament, it feels like. But regardless, BYU went toe-to-toe and did not back down from this challenge. Uh, there's something to be said for this BYU basketball team. Do they play up or down to the level of their competition? It sure seems that way, but when you give them the opportunity to play up against some of the big dogs, I think back to that Creighton win, and by the way, I, I said that uh, BYU hadn't beat a, a ranked team, and number you pointed out, they did beat Creighton when they were ranked 21, so corrections and retractions uh, as part of this, but when BYU is facing off against the top-tier teams, think back to the San Diego State game. BYU in the what the final five minutes saw that one get away from them, but for 35 minutes of that game, they were toe-to-toe, if not better, than the, than, than the Aztecs. So this was a game that BYU will rue not winning because this could have really been one that BYU cherished for a long, long time. But... Alas, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles when it comes to basketball. And BYU will now look to bounce back. They got a huge matchup, by the way. Tomorrow, Pepperdine. Mark Pope said that he believes the Pepperdine Waves, uh, Maxwell Lewis is their best player on the roster. They got a number of great players, by the way. They've, they've got some length and athleticism. Mark Pope called them, he believes, the most, um, how did he determine? The most effective, or no, no, most dangerous team, just pure offense wise, in the West Coast Conference. He included Gonzaga in that statement. He thinks they have just got offensive options up and down the roster and they can absolutely blitz you. And they're going to come in thinking that BYU is going to be smarting from that loss to Gonzaga, going to have a hangover effect, and we're going to go in there and get ourselves a big win on the road in Provo. And uh, that I absolutely think that Pepperdine will have that thought. Now let me also acknowledge one other thing. The West Coast Conference officiating, <laughs> at least in that first half against Gonzaga, uh, I don't want to say that there's a conspiracy theory going on, but I also don't think that the West Coast Conference is caring too much about BYU leaving for the Big 12. At least that, uh, just perception-wise. There's some calls there. Uh, it got better in the second half, I will admit. Uh, there were two missed uh Pretty clear goal tens for both teams uh, that ended up in this game, and that obviously I think should have been called. There was some flop warnings that ended up as charges, or uh, what I thought actually probably was a charge that was called a flop. But regardless, bad calls are part of this. But man, that first half. <sighs> Screamed to me that the the farewell tour for BYU officiating wise maybe maybe it'd be a little tough whistle for BYU on certain nights. But regardless agonizingly close loss for BYU. And like I said, it's going to be one that they're going to look back on and say, what could have been? Because they had that one in the back. It felt like they were on their way. I Trust me, I was sitting there in my seat thinking, okay, they're on their way. And I also put out a, a video. I saw BYU students, uh, as things were getting uh, close to the end there, actually marching down from the upper reaches of the student section, looking like they were getting ready to court storm. It went viral on social media, on Twitter in particular. And Gonzaga fans had a field day with it. But regardless, 
That is a gut punch loss. That's a tough one if you're Mark Pope and his squad having to accept that. But now they move on and they got to get ready. They cannot afford to have this loss linger in their heads. They've got to move forward and get ready for Pepperdine. There's not a lot of time to dwell on this loss because Pepperdine, as I mentioned, is coming in here with a lot of firepower and the ability to really make life miserable for BYU. They got to rebound the basketball well. They got to continue to shoot the ball as well as they did against Gonzaga. Maybe, okay, and maybe expecting 52% from three might be a little over the top, but they got to continue to carry this hot shooting streak into this Pepperdine game because as I'm as Mark Pope mentioned and I I completely agree with him. If you want just pure offense, Pepperdine might be that. They they don't necessarily defend at a high level, but they can really boat race you if you if they are scorching the nets and they're more than capable of doing that coming into Provo. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, let's flip over to football for a minute. Uh, I think a pretty big announcement. I think it is because I wanted to uh, look back on some memories of a rivalry or just maybe one of the biggest wins, maybe the biggest single win in BYU football history. Uh, that series against Miami, they've been scheduled for later this decade, has been canceled according to reports. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also get to a little bit more of what's going on with our look back at all 155 games in BYU football history with a look back at BYU in Idaho at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2011. We'll get to all that as today's show continues. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball, both college and NBA, as well as any other sport you're interested in, whether it's cricket, uh, spring uh, spring baseball, uh, spring training for baseball is coming up here in just over a month. They've got it all at Bet Online, my friends. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They are the fastest and the easiest way to get all of your betting information. Now, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to encourage you guys to make sure your second listen today is our friends over at the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place in podcast form. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. Get the latest when it comes to college hoops with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so BYU football announcement uh, coming out of Miami uh, circles, media circles out there that. The Miami Hurricanes and BYU have canceled a series they had scheduled for 2026 and 2028. Now, this is a disappointing one because I wanted to see the U back in Provo. Is Miami what they were back in the... uh, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s? No, they're actually a far cry from what they used to be, but this is still a power brand, a power program, and it would have been so much fun to see Miami, that the U, back in Provo many, many decades. It would have been, what, if the, I think three decades almost uh, since BYU and that famous win that launched the Heisman Trophy campaign for Ty Detmer and that win over number one ranked Miami way back in the early 90s, uh, 1990, excuse me, and that would have been phenomenal Phenomenal to have that series, but BYU decided to cancel it according to reports, and I'm disappointed in this because there are other games on the schedule out there. So 2026 currently, BYU has got Utah Tech, Arizona, and USF on the schedule. Heck, knock USF off the schedule, tell Utah Tech to pound sand, and put Miami in that slot. In 2028, BYU does have a game scheduled at Utah and also a matchup with Ole Miss. Okay, so having three Power Five opponents along with a non-game, uh, excuse me, a, not a nine, a non nine game uh, Big Twelve schedule, that's probably a little uh, bit more than they could they could pull off. Uh, obviously, a game at Utah, Ole Miss, and Miami, but. 
I wanted to see this series stay on. There, there are a number of other games on BYU's future schedules out there that I'm like, okay, get rid of that game. A game at East Carolina in 2025, for example. A game at Wyoming in 2024. Tell those, thanks, but no thanks. Here's your buyout. We're not we're not going there. BYU needs to act the part as a Power 5 program. I'm not saying be a snob and say, ha, 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 we're now Power 5. We, we do it. No, don't, don't do that. But understand that you have a level of football you're now competing at that you don't necessarily want or need to go to G5 programs, no matter how deep the history might have been with Wyoming, you don't need to go to Laramie in 2024. Let's be very, very clear about that. You do not need to do that. You can find another opponent who's at the same level, maybe even a little better level, or maybe even don't want them at that level, that you can pay to come to Provo and play you in that slot. It's going to be very important, I think, in the early running for BYU here in the Big 12 to have quote-unquote, gimme games. Uh, You look at the early part of this uh, fall schedule. It's not officially been announced. We're still waiting on that from the Big 12. But we know that BYU's non-conference schedule is Sam Houston State, who's playing their first-ever game as a member of the football bowl subdivision. They're making the jump up from FCS uh, this offseason. They're in the midst of that right now. And then your second game is a game against Southern Utah. Those are two, quote-unquote, gimmies. You're going to be 2-0 entering the 2023 season, uh, going into a matchup at Arkansas. So at the very worst, you should be 2-1 going in to your first conference game for BYU in the Big 12 era. That is more of what I think BYU needs to do scheduling wise, especially early on in this. And going to Wyoming should be a relative layup, but I'm just saying, you can get that caliber of an opponent and you can play that on your home turf at LES. You don't have to go up to the plains of Wyoming. No offense to all my friends up there in Laramie, but you do not have to go to War Memorial Stadium and have the crowd chanting F-U-F-U in unison. That does not not need to happen. So I would have loved to have seen Miami uh, stay on the schedule. And as you can tell, I am highly caffeinated. I'm recording this podcast. It is past midnight, and I have a radio show to do. I've got to leave for my radio show here in about three hours. I am highly caffeinated doing this show, and you can tell probably from my demeanor. But regardless... I look at this, and I would have loved to see Miami stay on this schedule. And I think it might have just been a, a part of the fallout with regards to having to pare down the schedule that you'd built up uh, for independence as you made the jump to the Big 12, and that just may have been unavoidable. But those are series Games against Miami... The, the echoes of that those series, the, the, they played in uh, Miami in the late 80s, got pummeled down there. Then the defending national champion Miami Hurricanes came to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Absolute hornet's nest in 1990. Ty Detmer just absolutely befuddled. Uh, wow, an incredible Miami team. Leads into an upset win. Crowd stor- um, storms the field at LES. Just a phenomenal game. It would have been so much fun to have the echoes back to that era of football with this matchup. And those are the type of games I think BYU, and I'll say this once I'll say it again, FCS games do nothing for me. I know that BYU is going to schedule them because, as I mentioned, they they need those gimmies, but they do nothing for me. It's a waste of time to watch those games. And I... I, I don't mean to, to sound crass or to come off as too heavy-handed on these FCS programs, but you don't need that if you're BYU. Go play... Uh, Headliner games. Like, yeah, Sam Houston State, you can have that. That That's the layup game. You can you can have those. Bring in Eastern Michigan. Go out and uh, get East Carolina to come to Provo once again so you can get some payback on them. Get those level of, of opponents. Dump the FCS games. And, heck, if you truly want to be a power player, if you only want to be a power player and wants to have the recruiting prowess and the cachet that they, that they've, they, they aspire to have, 
Be be unafraid of playing anytime, anywhere, any place. Take the old uh, Pat Hill mantra from uh, from Fresno State. I know that Zach Wilson wore it on that headband during the 2020 season and got absolutely lambasted for it, but. Be unafraid of playing intersectional games. Those are the type of matchups that make a program what they are. Are you going to lose those games? Yes, you will lose those games. And I honestly, at BYU, probably would lose more than their fair share of them just because you're playing those type of opponents. And it's a high level of football. It's a high bar to clear. But... I am of the opinion the more you play those games, similar to the basketball program against Gonzaga, you play up to your opponents. It gives you extra juice as a player. I've talked to with enough athletes in my career, a decade in now at least, and talking with athletes, when they know that you have a a top-level program, and I know, like I said, Miami's just an example. They're not what Miami used to be, but they are still a power brand. Kids know about the U. That 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 logo is iconic. The 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 green, orange, and white co- uniform combo. It still screams, "Wow, this is big time." That's Miami, Coral Gables, Florida. Wow, this, this is big time. And players get up for that. Do they get up for Utah Tech? I don't know. Maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them have a buddy that plays for Utah Tech, or they they're from the St. George. <laughs> I just look at this, and I, I would love for BYU to stop playing FCS games and to lose a series like this against Miami. It, 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 it irks me because that could have been a phenomenal home-and-home home series. And like I said, I don't necessarily know all the details, and we probably never will know all the details, but those are the type of series I hate to see go away. But alas, that's where it stands, and BYU uh, now moves forward with their Big 12 schedule. The biggest thing for me is, I, let me also add this, I am stoked to have BYU a part of the Big 12. I'm looking forward. I think we'll probably get this started relatively soon. I'm going to start calling up people from around the Big 12, and we're going to get to know the Big 12. Uh, We're just going to uh, call up beat reporters. We have some of our reporters and our reporters, uh, Locked On podcast hosts who are Big 12 uh, shows. We have Locked On Jayhawks, Locked On Sooners, Locked On Longhorns. We got uh, uh, Locked On uh, Texas Tech. We got a lot of those shows, and we'll have them on the show. And we're going to get to know BYU's future conference mates as well as we possibly can right here on Locked On Cougars. But I cannot wait to be a part of this conference. Uh, speaking of me, I'm not part of it, but BYU, to have BYU be a part of it. I cannot wait to cover it in depth. It's absolutely something I I have craved for years now, and I cannot wait to have it a part of it. I just would love to see BYU. I know that you're biting off a lot playing in the the Big 12, but I love nothing more than seeing BYU and Miami in the headlines together, seeing BYU and Oklahoma back in the day, seeing BYU and Penn State in the 1990s. Those games are the ones that stick with you forever. Do you remember most of the games that BYU's played against the likes of Wagner and Savannah State? Utah Tech, most of the Weber State games they've played, Southern Utah, Idaho State, man, those FCS games, they're nothing burgers as compared to some of the great, great games. Even in losses for BYU, you remember those games. The Texas matchups, those are the games BYU should be playing, Uh, but I digress. All right, uh, we'll round out today's show with a look back at one of those games that kind of was a nothing burger. It wasn't it was an FBS versus FBS game. BYU and Idaho playing in Game 10 of the 2011 schedule as we look back at another one of the 155 games in BYU's independent history as we round out today's show along with, along with a couple other notes of the weekend ahead for other BYU sports. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at UCCU. They are offering you a 15-month savings certificate, my friends, with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. The best part is this is here to help you guys combat the high interest rates and inflation that are absolutely crippling for many of us. That is what UCCU is here to help you guys out with. That 4.00% APY return is far higher than any money market, savings account, whatever you happen to have your money in right now. This blows that out of the water at a regular financial institution. So give it a shot, my friends. The best part is a savings certificate. You can customize them to your needs. This 15 months with the 4.00% APY, if that's not what you're looking for, UCCU has got a number of term options to help you customize what your savings certificate, your ideal one, would look like, and they'll work with you on that. You can get started today by going into any of the UCCU branches up and down the Wasatch Front. They're all over the place. I've been banking with them my entire life. You also can call them or go online to uccu.com to learn more now or get started on that savings certificate today. Once again, it's a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY return of 4.00%. And the best part is you can do it for as little as 500, excuse me, $500 making it an awesome opportunity for every type of saver. But remember, it's for a limited time only. So stop in now. That's uccu.com to learn more and get started on that savings certificate today. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, if you guys would like to be a sponsor on the show, an advertiser with us, you got a company, a brand, a product you'd like us to advertise or partner with you partner with you on, please reach out. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. I'm essentially a sole proprietor over here with this podcast. I don't have uh, the large production staff, but I will do my absolute darndest to make sure that your brand, company, or product is featured prominently and is... Uh, uh, just heavily loved up on this show. L- reach out, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Would love for you guys to be a part of the show. All right, a couple of notes before we go here on today's show. Let's look back at another game in BYU football history from their independent era. We're in game 10 of the 2011 season, and the Idaho Vandals came to BYU with a gaudy record of 2-8. and eight. Yes, ooh, big-time game. And BYU in this one, it was an interesting matchup because Idaho came in, like I said, with a paltry record. BYU is smarting, obviously, from that loss down there in Arlington uh, to the uh, TCU Horned Frogs. That was a tough loss for BYU to absorb. We didn't necessarily know. I remember this game coming into it. I was like, what is BYU going to respond like? What, what are they going to look like in this game? And, well, coming out early, Riley Nelson looked like, okay, he's going to handle business early. But then he threw a touchdown pass to Cody Hoffman, if any of you recall this game. But like I said, it's one of those ones that kind of gets kind of lost in the ether. He takes a shot when he threw that touchdown pass to Hoffman early on in the game and ultimately found out it actually broke his rib. And that was kind of the the first of some of these injuries. Riley Nelson just uh, absorbing some monster hits and getting injured as a result. But uh, he was an absolute gamer when he was available uh, for BYU. So Jake Heaps comes in off the bench, returning uh, to be the quarterback for BYU. He ended up throwing for 185 yards and two touchdowns after coming off that bench uh, late in the first quarter to replace Riley Nelson. BYU piles up 505 yards of total offense, absolutely blitzes Idaho, and runs away with a 42-7 win. Now, uh, just to tell you guys a little bit about how I got this game confused, is this is the Idaho game that did not have the snowstorm. Probably remember, you remember, there was an absolutely horrific snowstorm, not horrific, but just a crazy snowstorm that actually blanketed LES during the middle of the game. I remember a guy built a snow fort up in the upper reaches of LES. Well, I thought that was this game. It's actually the 2012 edition of Idaho and B. BYU, which we'll talk about here in a couple of weeks, but uh, that's how uh, 
I, this game got a little confusing for me. Now, BYU, as I mentioned, uh, 262 yards passing. James Lark actually entered this game at one point and played quarterback for a while. BYU continued their rushing uh, prowess in the second half of the season with 42 carries for 243 yards. Michael Elisa led the way with 10 carries for 99 yards. It's an average of 9.9 yards per carry. Phenomenal stuff from him. Brian Correa ran for two touchdowns. Elisa had a TD of his own. And BYU ran away with a, ran away with a 42-7 victory. And this was a game, just a quote-unquote get-right game for BYU. That's the thing about this. is that This was a game coming off that loss uh, to TCU. And they did have the bye week uh, between the TCU game and this game. They actually had a week off in the first week of November. And then uh, Idaho came to town against BYU. But it was this was the perfect, I guess, yeah, get right, bounce back, make yourselves feel good about yourselves again type game. And BYU pushed their record to 7-3 and three on the season. Like we mentioned, they'd already uh, clinched bowl eligibility uh, a few games before this. But this was a game that BYU needed just to be like, okay, you know what? We're okay. We're still a good team. We had special teams miscues against TCU that absolutely just crippled our opportunity to win what would have been a, a pretty good win over the TCU Horn Frogs. But now you bounce back with a win over Idaho. And at that point, you're like, okay, now BYU is really going to get going here. And we'll talk about New Mexico State, uh, their what, uh, penultimate regular season game on tomorrow's show. We need to talk about that one. Obviously, similar scoreline to this Idaho and uh, BYU game. But that's the thing about this is the early part of BYU's tenure in independence, it's been so long that I'm having a lot of fun. Let me just, uh, I guess, insert this note here. I'm having a ton of fun reading back on some of these games, like reading, uh, looking at this box scores, reading up on some of the recaps of them, and kind of rekindling some of the memories I've had. Because I, I don't, I've said this before, I'll say it uh, probably a few thousand more times on this podcast my time covering BYU as a media member as a guy who's got a credential covering the Cougars it coincides with the beginning of the 2011 season the independent era for BYU is the Jake Hatch media era for BYU that that's when I, I launched into the media started covering them full-time so it's just been fun to kind of think back on some of these games because like this Idaho one, like I mentioned I thought it was the game that had the snowstorm it's actually the Idaho game in 2012 I might have been but regardless that's the fun part about this but it was a big win for BYU good to see Jake Heaps get a little bit of an opportunity to go out there we all knew what happened to the end of the season obviously with him being benched earlier on in the season he ultimately decided to transfer that's for another day to talk about that uh, but the, the thing about this is you, you, you needed games like this in the early part of Independence. There was no way BYU was going to schedule like they have in the back half of Independence with seven Power 5 opponents in the 2021 slate. That just wasn't going to happen unless BYU wanted to play on the road eight or nine times a season early on. You needed to kind of get your way through this 2011 edition and then start to build from there. But solid win over Idaho for BYU as they move forward here. All right. Now, a couple other things before we go here. BYU women's basketball beat LM, uh, LMU absolutely dominant fashion, 63-46. to And for the second straight game, Lauren Gustin out-rebounded an entire team by herself. She had another 24 rebounds, my friends. LMU as a team had 22 rebounds. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from uh, Lauren Gustin. She is worth the price of admission. If you want to go watch BYU women's basketball and you want to know what's going to hook you on it, go watch Lauren Gustin play. She is a treat to watch. She's an absolute rebounding machine on the interior. She just makes the paint her own, and she absolutely owns it. It's a 
ton of fun to see that. Now, other things going on this weekend quickly. Women's Gymnastics is taking part in the best of Utah meet against Utah, Southern Utah, and Utah State. Uh, that's tonight at the Maverick Center, 7 o'clock. It will be televised on BYU TV. Women's Basketball is in Malibu, California tomorrow to take on Pepperdine. That's at 2 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, streaming on the WCC Network if you want to tune into that. As mentioned earlier, BYU Men's Basketball in action against Pepperdine. That's tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on BYU TV to watch the Waves and the Cougars square off. Uh, looking forward to that one. And also, the BYU Indoor Invitational in track and field continues on today and tomorrow as well. We'll have a full recap of everything that happened over the weekend in BYU sports, football, basketball, and everything in between. You know where to come. It's your only daily podcast right here on Locked On Cougars. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Catch up on all the news of BYU's new conference home with Josh Neighbors. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also check it out on YouTube. Until next time, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.